Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. Hey, listeners. Uh, first, I want to say apologies for the couple of weeks break that we just had. Um, nothing was my major fault. getting in the way, just life. It was um, my fault. It's always my fault. But if we want to pick up <laughs> from where we left off, I am happy to say that Karen gave herself a homework assignment. And while we were on vacay from the block, she made good on her homework. She reached out to the famous Ken Hart. And he reached back. And he is here as the special guest star of Back on the Block. Ken Hart, welcome to our podcast. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. It is an honor to assume the Heather Locklear role. (laughs) (laughs) This is the very special episode. I am wearing leopard print underwear in honor And you look great in it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, you're missing out, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, where to begin? This yeah. is like... So so why don't we begin um, and give a little bit more of our mm-hmm. origin story to Ken yes, before yes. We, we really do a deep dive on you. Uh, I'll start. Um, I have always been an entertainment junkie. I've always written about you know, all forms of media since I think going back to elementary school, I actually hand wrote a newsletter um, that I would put on my desk for people to pick up. I feel like I did that a few hand times. Wrote. I didn't do it forever. I feel like um, I've never heard this before. I can't believe you, you didn't just tell me this. Heard that. I don't think I had thought, I think I had repressed it, quite frankly. Um, but I had always been obsessed with movies, with TV, and I've written about film, TV, theater, all of it in some form for, God, at least 30 years. Um, and have been and do live in New York and have been a theater critic writing for various outlets and in various capacities for a decade and change. Um, and that was how my path crossed paths with Karen. We'll talk a bit more about her own background, but but I first knew her as a theater publicist. Um, and then she became a BFF. And we talked for years and years about how we should do a podcast, how it would be fun. And I had talked, I think I had inklings about Melrose Place was always a show that had been special to me. I watched it for the first season in real time, then stopped when it became a soap, then 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 came back to it because my parents were having dinner with me and my sister and they'd seen an ad for an episode and we can talk about it specifically because you may actually know, but they'd seen an ad where um, Jane, played by Josie Bissett, punched Joe, played by Daphne Zuniga. And they both said how funny that looked and that we had to watch it. So I watched it and I forgave it for whatever sins I had accused it for um, and watched it through to the end and caught up on reruns. E happened to start rerunning it around that time. So within about the span of a year, I was able to catch up on all of it um, and became as much of an expert as I suppose anyone can and always had a very uh, sweet spot in my heart for it. So it's somewhere along the line of us talking about doing the podcast. I said, what if we did at Melrose? And Karen was like, that's a great idea. And then we sort of sat on it and didn't do anything for a bit. And then Karen said, okay, let's do it. And that was um, going about five years ago. So that's how long we've been doing it. Five years. Wow. Nice. <laughs> and we have the gray hair to show it. Yeah. <laughs> not, from, not from the show. The show has proven to be a saving grace. The podcast has proven to be a saving grace. Um, 
you know, a, a turbulent five half decade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Doug and I, yeah, Doug had proposed Melrose Place, and I said, oh, I remember Melrose Place. I'm a little bit older, mm-hmm. so um, Not I was. Much. I was the, I was actually Melrose Place's demographic. I was, um, you know, I was their tar- target audience when it came out, and I remember being really excited um, that you know because I liked Nine Hundred Two One Zero. That was you know Fox's hot show, and this yep. was that spinoff with you know Grant Show being you know the pedophile that he was. Um, and, and I was like, I kind of dig that. This will be great for like older people. And I remember being so deflated by that first season. Oh my God. <laughs> but then, but for some reason I kept watching it. Like I was like anticipating that it was going to get better. And at the time, my best friend at the time was like, loved the show, even though it was like, what's to love. Um, so she kind of had me going back again and again, but I'll tell you what, the second season, it was freaking fantastic. Yeah. And it kept yep. me, it kept me there, and then it, it lost me at season four, just like it did again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've you know, like Doug, I've always been into pop culture. I've from a very young age, I thought I was going to be an actor. I went through to college as an acting major, switched my major um, to playwriting, and I came out of uh, out of college and I started uh, working journalism and public publicity jobs. And, um, and now I also am a fiction author. So, and I write romance. So it's sort of Melrose Place feels very, very fitting, except, you know, for like season six and (laughs) season four. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) so Ken, what about you? Tell us everything. Tell us everything. Well, like you growing up, uh, you know, just a huge movie fan. Uh, I especially of like horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, loved all like, you know, Hammer films, Universal, sucked it all up. Um, always watched a ton of television, Star Trek, uh, Monty Python, uh, just, you know, going on and on and on throughout, you know, the 80s. Oh my God, the 80s. Uh, yes. You know, six, you know, seventies and a six million dollar man, TJ Hooker, um, you know, all the Fall Guy, uh, yeah. all, all the yeah. you know, Night Rider, uh, Magnum PI, all the all these Fantasy shows. The Island. Yep. <laughs> My and, favorite. Yes. <laughs> and uh, oh, what was what was let me see. Oh, um, oh, I always liked V. Always oh, loved V. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jane Badler. Oh. Jane Badler, what she should have been on Melrose Place. She was. <laughs> yeah, especially if she, if she had ended up making out with you know Andrew Shu when pulled, and then she pulled off the lizard makeup and, oh, and the, the face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Do you that think he would? Yeah, no, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah that would have been his reaction. So. Yeah, and it was on Fox. I mean, they you know they could have done some sort of crossover, I'm sure, but uh, a little off in the timeline. So um, and so yes, I love TV. Uh, my wife will often comment that I can forget birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> I remember every single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's I that's mean, one of my other favorites. And yeah, I can, I, you know, you, you, you tell me the title of an episode and I will give you a plot synopsis. And then she'll go, 
you know, then my wife will say, how much money do we have in our banking account? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you actually are a lot like Doug. Doug has like the m- memory of an elephant. Mm. He like I, I've not found a way to monetize it or make <laughs> yes. it useful for the world or myself yes. in any way. But but it is like a steel trap. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a quick question and then sure. get back to you. Band candy. Oh, band candy. Sure. That was, uh, uh, that was when they had the cursed candy from Ethan, uh, the former watcher and the kids, the, high, the college kids, not high school. This was in uh, season four. Uh, high school kids, they ate the band candy and regressed into um, uh, cavemen type people. Yeah. And yeah. that was, wait, was that? Oh, wait, was that also one where uh, Joyce and Giles had sex on the car? That's the one. That's what That's I was going to say. Also memorable go. for, yeah, because yes, they, they're acting so out of character. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ripper. Oh, yeah. Ripper. My God, you guys are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, when TV's really good, it's really memorable. Oh, my God. Buffy. Uh, I, I, I tell people Buffy, t- to me, is still one of the best written shows. I say the exact same of, thing. Of, of, the, of, of our generation or like the really the past, you know, 30 years. I mean, sure. Okay. Unfortunately, we found out that Josh Whedon is a weasel, but uh, aside, it's, his writing talent is amazing. Yeah, his humanity maybe needs work. Yes, yes. <laughs> Called into question. So for now for Melrose Place, now I did not watch 90210. Uh, and I did not watch Melrose Place until maybe towards the end of season two. It was a few episodes before Kimberly came back. So it might even oh. been like, yeah. So you came into this cold. Yeah, I I came into, what happened was I was working, this was, I was working, I was living in Massachusetts at at this time, and I was working um, for an internet company uh, back in 1994 through like 1996. And this was, I, I say internet, there was no web yet. Right. <laughs> the web didn't really pop up as we know until like 1995. Uh, and so uh, friends of mine at work convinced me, oh, I know what it was. We were just having, we were hanging out at someone's house and uh, my friend Ellen's house. Hi, Ellen. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they put this on and I was just immediately taken by how, breathtakingly gloriously dumb it was oh. and, and how gorgeous everyone was and how st- stupid some people were Billy. and <laughs> da, 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 Allison. Uh, yeah uh it was it was amazing and then the the goofy stuff you know like when they started really pulling in the crazy things like with kimberly and, uh oh it's just it was a dream i mean i love yeah, you know, I also love like bad movies like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, Plan Nine from Outer Space. You know, just get me in a theater with a few people and put a couple of drinks in us, and we are fine. So Melrose Place was great like that. 
I actually kind of, I'm sorry, I just want to jump in and say, I actually kind of love the comparison to sort of like Ed Wood style film and Melrose Place, because I think it's apt. I think it's actually very good. Yeah. The funny thing is on Melrose Place, on some level, they knew they were writing nonsense. Whereas, oh yeah. Where Ed Wood thought he was writing like. He thought he was doing Citizen Kane. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I think uh, the, the Melrose Place is more almost like some of the '70s movies, you know, with, which were cheap and knew they were cheap. And yeah. this was Melrose Place was kind of the same ethos, just with the with nicer looking people and a bigger budget, and it was just so much fun. So one week, one of our friends, well, we used to discuss. Um, each episode afterwards on, and this is dating. I don't know who from the 1990s remembers Lotus Notes. I do. Ah, yes, Lotus Notes. That was our discussion board at work. So we had a thread just about Melrose Place. And one one fatal week, uh, uh, someone, Genevieve, hi, Genevieve. Uh, posted, oh, I missed the episode last night. Can someone tell me what happened? And so I jumped in. The recaps were born. And pretty much, and so I started writing maybe like, I don't know, seven or eight paragraphs. But, you know, I had fun with it because it was dumb. We all knew it was dumb. So I wrote about it in that, you know, tongue-in-cheek way. And everyone loved it. And so then it became a demand to, for me to do this every week. So, so this continued on. And then I found out that my friends at work were copying and pasting <laughs> the recaps and sending it to their friends who were sending it to their friends. Nobody was taking credit for it. Everyone gave me credit. But they were just sharing it with everyone they knew. And so the next thing I realized is I had fans. Amazing. And so, as I said, this was the early days of the of the web. So I said, okay, let me do a website. Oh, wait a second. I have content. <laughs> yep. I already have content. So I started just copying and pasting those Lotus Notes things onto a website, embellishing them a bit, and then just write and then just every week, just you know, getting out my 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 legal pad, uh, sitting in front of me with like a maybe a drink and just start writing as the episode was going. Oh fantastic. And, fantastic. and as the time went on, you know, the recaps got a little bit longer. I mean, I've, you know, I'm sure you've seen you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if you look at my like season three recaps, they're much shorter than some <laughs> of the later ones. And but then I started getting email, oh. and I had fans. I had people writing to me uh, from Italy, Japan, Australia, wow. uh, telling me how much they loved it. And then on the flip side, if I was a day late with an episode. I would get emails, Ken, where's the episode? We're dying here. Where's the episode? Where's the 
Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. It wasn't concern. It was like anger. Oh. <laughs> it's it like, where is it? How you were doing it was what they yeah. were missing. Oh, yeah. They, they, they're, they're, they're tapping their arms, trying to hit the vein. You know, like, I need my fix, man. I need my fix. Yeah. So, well, nothing yeah. has changed. <laughs> and, yeah. So I have a question, you know, remember, I don't know, I guess maybe it was a few years ago, probably more like 10 or 15, um, recaps became a thing. Yes. On like, you know, New York Times was doing it. Wall Street Journal was doing it. I kind of feel like you were in the vanguard, like you were the first. I I, I was. I mean, you know, all humility, humility aside, yeah, uh, no one else was doing recaps like that uh, back then. And no. It was when, uh, and when the corporations, you know, kind of got wind of it and tried to do it themselves. That's what led to uh, Spelling Entertainment uh, threatening legal action against me. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh. Well, we might be jumping ahead, but since we're there, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, no, sure. I did not know about sure. this. Oh, I'll have to share. Um, I, I have, I have uh, screenshots I can share with you, and you can post on your show notes. Uh, so this is back in, I want to say, this was July of 1997. Uh, I got a letter, um, that had been forwarded to me by my internet provider from the general counsel of spelling entertainment. Wow. Asking me to basically cease and desist or face legal actions for basically using copyrighted spelling entertainment uh property but you weren't you were i I was well so that so here's the thing uh so i knew something was fishy right because uh there were a couple of things one spelling entertainment had just launched on their own official melrose place site and again early days of the internet they tried doing their own recaps Oh. oh which were dry as toast yeah okay and and the other thing i knew was that i was far from being the only melrose place fan site around i was the only one really doing recaps but there are plenty of other fan sites people who were using who had like audio clips photographs and I reached out to some of them because, you know, we kind of, some of the, some of us knew each other. We traded community, we traded emails and such. Right. We, tra- we traded compliments. None of them were targeted. Huh. And yet here I am, the only one who's not using images or yeah. audio files. And so I'm like, okay. And, and also I was well aware of what's known as the fair use doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I was doing satire. And I was, you know, having humorous fun with it. And I wasn't making a profit, which is another key condition. Uh, you know, if you're not turning a profit on this, you can pretty much say whatever you want. So um, now the funny thing at this point was I had actually at that time considered quitting the recaps because it was tiring. Uh, but then, like, this is part of my nature. Uh, what I, I got threatened and I'm like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> you no, 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 second no. wind. <laughs> oh yeah. So I had made, uh, as I said, the site was popular. Right. Uh, I, I was getting thousands of visitors a week, uh, which again at that point was you know 
pretty pretty big. Uh, I think maybe if, I think I even hit. Well, after this all, oh, I'm jumping ahead. Let me not jump ahead. So I had made a few contacts. One of them was the guy who wrote uh, this column for Time Magazine about the internet. And at that point, yeah, it was like, you know, there, there was simply a feature, an internet feature in magazines back then. Yes, I remember so, that. Yep. So he, he reached, so I reached out to him. I told him what had happened. He took lots of notes. He was really interested. Two weeks later, photographers from Time Magazine show up at my apartment and spend the next like two hours turning my apartment into a studio. Oh my God. <laughs> and then they bring me in and they, and so they to proceed to spend another 45 minutes photographing me in my steaming hot now because of the Klieg lights bedroom. Okay. Uh, yeah. And when, when I and when I show you the photograph of me from Time Magazine, you will see how sweaty my forehead is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, it was, but it was just classic work it, baby, work it. Turn, turn this way, turn that way, turn this way. And uh, a couple weeks after that, there I was. Brad Pitt was on the cover, and I was on the inside. That's and, amazing. And it had this whole article about it was called how the you know the how the um, World Wide Web turns uh, as the World Wide Web turns and it uh, played it out as this whole David versus Goliath uh, story and the uh, the author the columnist who I had spoken to had reached out on his own to Spelling's general counsel and asked for comment and. The general counsel said it's self-explanatory, and the author said, "Well, no, it's not. It's not self-explanatory." And he he himself brought up, without any prodding from me, the whole thing of uh, spelling entertainment trying to do their own recaps. Mm, so, uh, so sure enough, uh, my uh, the traffic to my website jumped by like a factor of a hundred after that article came out. Yeah. And, uh, and then I also, my 15 minutes of fame continued for a while. I didn't, I also gave an interview to a reporter from the Atlanta journal and constitution. And it was one other, uh, one other interview I did. I can't remember what it was. So that was my 15 minutes of fame. Uh, and I continued doing the, uh, recaps for quite a while after that. So, Okay. I, I am jumping ahead a bit. Well, right ahead. But um, because I thought the ending of this was going to be, and that's why season seven is really not recapped. Did you give up? No. Well, here's another thing. So okay. it got to the point, and I know you've been discussing this on the show. Uh, <laughs> so there was another website at the time called Melrose Space which was yes. a another fan site and it was run by like I don't know, like five or six people. And they had a whole bunch of content on the website. And they had their own recaps too. But, uh, you know, they they wrote to me a couple of times and told me they, they loved my recaps. So I had considered, um, again, giving up. Because, as you know, once we get to season seven, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, every, Karen, every, as you're about week. to be reminded in the coming yeah. weeks. <laughs> 
every yeah. week I go, I mean, this is the week I'm going to quit. If, I mean, if not for Jamie Lunar, I don't know how I would have survived. <laughs> and uh, so the, uh, but the people at Melrose Space said, Ken, would you be willing to join us as a contributor? And I thought, huh. So, because uh, they had like, they had a staff of like four or five, not staff, they had a group of four or five people who took turns writing recaps. Like somebody would do the first half hour, somebody would do the second half hour, and then there would be a third person who would be the editor for that week who would combine the two halves and like smooth it out. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, it was, it would be less work for me. I could still do Melrose Place recaps only on this new site and kind of working within their you know, on, with their own style. I didn't want to try to take over the site. And uh, so that was fun. I got to edit a couple of times, got to write a few recaps. And that continued actually through the end of the series. However, uh, I was not really paying attention to my own website. I mean, it's one of those things that I haven't, up, I haven't really looked. I look at that website maybe once every two or three years. Uh, and... I discovered that Melrose Space no longer exists. Yeah. And I've tried to find out where it is. And I have not been able to track down the location. Uh, so I don't know what happened to all those recap files from season seven. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, and I only kind of realized, you know, I, I did some digging around as we, after you initially contacted me, Karen. Uh, to see if I could find it, and I haven't been able to track it down yet. But yeah, I'll uh, I'm gonna dig through some of my old email accounts going <laughs> from, like, from like 20, 23 years ago, forever, and, and ago. see if I can find out like the see if I can track down the email address of one of these people from Melrose Space to see if they, they? yeah, it, it, even even if they. Even if they're not on the web somewhere, if they still have the HTML files, I'd happily put them up. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah. So they do exist somewhere. I hope. Yeah. I hope they're not lost to the ether. Uh, I hope they're still on someone's hard drive. Yeah. I hope that so. Is... And I feel I feel your pain. I've, yeah. I've had several of the sites I've contributed to over the last years um, lose everything. So yeah. those those are gone to the ether. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pull for season seven to somehow yeah. uh, rise from the ashes. Yeah. So I am too because I, you're not my because cheat I want to relive the episodes, but I do want to hear how you uh, responded to them. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I I remember having some fun with the final uh with the final episode. In fact, oh I I will say the end of my 15 minutes of fame came at the end of season seven when this one company called Spin the Bottle Productions, which, again, flashing back to the late 90s, folks, they were the ones who produced pop-up videos. On that's oh, okay. Right. And I was like, I've seen them on either VH1 or MTV. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's what my head went. Who were they? Who were they? Yeah. Who, that's right. Were you on pop-up video? No, unfortunately. Oh. Unfor I that was my initial hope. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be on pop-up videos. It was so exciting. Um, but no, they, they did a... Uh, they did a live stream, and again, 1999 or whatever it was, the right. live streams were not what they are now. Uh, 
and uh, they invited me to their studio in Manhattan to do a live reaction um, audio stream for the finale of Melrose Place. So they had on me, they had a, they had a, a fashion consultant. <laughs> Was it Philip Block? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They had a fashion consultant. And they also had, since they had heard someone would die in the episode, they brought on an undertaker. Shut up. I am not kidding. That is, wow. And did the Undertaker, what did the Undertaker say? What uh, were they asking the Undertaker? Would this what, really I mean, happen? how much could they really contribute no matter well, how he, someone under, died? The Undertaker the did not say much. No. <laughs> <laughs> odd, odd grouping. So, so, and there, yeah, so there were, and there was, uh, there were a couple of people too. Um, but so there, and there was a host. And so they were just kind of asking questions as we were watching the episode. And we just kind of gave live reaction to it. And again, you know, if this exists somewhere, you know, God help you. God bless you if you can <laughs> find it. You know, but uh, yeah, so that that marked the end uh, of my uh, fame from Melrose Place. Until now. But what? I mean, really, <laughs> what a way to go out, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I actually, like... I had no idea that this was all sort of happening in, at, at the time. That's so crazy. Melrose Place was big. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, it was it was a popular show. It, yeah, I mean, I went a couple of times. I did. I wrote my recaps with friends at bars that were having Melrose ca- Melrose Place nights. We right. talked about that all the time. Not about yeah. what you were doing writing at yeah. the bar, but how like those those Monday nights, Melrose nights at the bars were a real thing that was yeah. going on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did a few recaps at bars. I mean, it was great. So it was popular. A practical question: as you continued to to do the the recaps, once you realized there was a captive audience, did you tape the episode and watch it back? Did you just tape copious notes as uh, you watched? A little bit of both. I would record it on my trusty uh, v- VHS tape and. Uh, then, but also take, you know, copious notes. So certainly if I was at a bar, I knew I wasn't going to get everything. Yeah. So I would just take lots of notes. I had like a big legal pad. I just was scribble, 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 pages and pages. And, uh, then I would go home. Uh, if I needed to, if I needed to double check a quote, then I would go to the videotape and, but the recaps, and this is nothing. I haven't mentioned this. The recaps would generally take me about four hours to write. Whoa. I was wondering I, how long it took yeah, you. Yeah, I am not a particularly speedy writer. So uh, I love to write, but, uh, you know, the re- as I said, the recaps got long because it would take me, you know, the between like a lot of times between three and four hours to write a recap. Wow. Uh, so that's sometimes when the, when uh, the recap was late, it was because... I had I had to go to work because <laughs> <laughs> you have a job through all yeah, this. I mean, yes. yeah. So I I I would go into I would literally go into work early sometimes, like an hour and a half early, just to use the computer and start typing the recap, and then uh, sorry former coworkers, and then I would take whatever breaks I could during the rest of the day to finish the recap if I hadn't gotten it done because. Yeah, yeah. So, and well, sometimes I would write it up immediately after the episode was over. 
Right. In which case, I might get it posted by like, I don't know, 2 a.m. But sometimes, yeah, it just didn't happen. Sometimes I would be out with friends. I'd have to write the recap in the morning. That, that's kind of crazy. It's, it's sort of like, I don't know. It's um, I mean, I didn't think that this would happen, but I'm feeling sort of nostalgic for like back when the internet was fun. Yeah. Y- you know, yeah. there was, I mean, there was obviously a lot less out there, but what was out there was like kind of cool and quirky. Yeah. Well, there was no social media. Right. Yeah. So that made a huge difference. Immediately made it more positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so you just had, because yeah, if you got a negative comment, it was on you know, CompuServe, uh, <laughs> you know, or, you know, it, or the, um, or uh, through your email. Right. Um, so yeah, it was just a, a different time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah, crazy. It really, it really was a different era. I'm curious then if you, if this was such a dedicated thing, did that make you like the episode more or less going through four hours or so of digging through every facet. There were some episodes that I just could not wait to write about. Uh, You know, there were some that that, like anything involving the, you know, Andrew shoe. I mean, like, (laughs) like, Oh my God, I have to write about this. Uh, uh, Um, and uh, or the the escapades of um, you know the bizarre Dr. Peter Burns and uh, <laughs> and um, you know Lisa Rinner or as I called her on the recaps lip last yeah uh, so uh, there and you know the the hero of the show I mean I think the only reason it went seven seasons is Thomas Calabro. Uh, well, mean, yeah, he's our he's our only mainstay. From yeah, he's our OG. Yeah, and he is. But I mean, once when, when they decided to change his character early on, from just this overworked, stressed mm-hmm. out, well-meaning, well-meaning, yep, uh, but flawed husband, to <laughs> I don't know what you call him, the, the soulless they, uh, scoundrel, perhaps. Soulless scoundrel <laughs> works just fine. <laughs> I mean, that to me just, I mean, more than, you know, almost more than anything else, it, it epitomized the, the, the pivot that changed and saved the show. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, there's just so many good characters in that. But I, I just love his character. And so anything really juicy involving him um, uh, or, you know, Andrew Shu, uh, certain plots, like, you know, you know there are some, just classic ridiculous plots in Mel like Rosie anything history. involving Sydney. <laughs> anything about <laughs> oh my gosh, Sydney. yes. <laughs> Sydney's Sid, Sid, my all-time favorite character on the show. Um, I think uh, perhaps ours too. I don't yeah. want to speak for you, Karen, but I think it's a safe bet after six seasons. <laughs> yeah, no, you know Sid's my fave. Yeah, and so, and then when you get to some classic storylines, like you know, um, you know, the Sydney joins the cult. <laughs> Uh, with Tracy Lords, Tracy Lords as a oh, cultist. God, I love and, it. Uh, and or one of my all-time favorites was um, Allison pretending to be blind. Oh, I love that. I, came <laughs> back. I love that. Yes. I wish that had gone on longer. Comedy gold. <laughs> comedy gold. Uh, uh, and uh, so yeah. Or um, what was? Oh, and then. Uh, in as we get into season seven, 
the this and this even though like I was coming back on the series at this point, this was another one I just had to comment on. The flashback sequence where we see uh, Eve and Amanda in Young their Amanda. High, school, high school cheerleader <laughs> outfits. Oh, holy Ian Ziering Batman! That was a <laughs> classic. <laughs> You know, so there are times I just could not wait to write about. But there were other times on the, to, to, to address the flip side of your question, where the episodes are just so bad, it it did become a chore at times. I believe right. it. I mean, it's it feels that way sometimes, I think, as we recap these. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. As opposed to, you know, I mean, like, anytime Sydney was kidnapped, you know, mm -hmm. when she ended up in, in Vegas and, oh, <laughs> and struck it rich, you know, I mean, I could have talked about that forever. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, some of, some of these later storylines um, are tougher. And, and yeah. I really feel like, um, I don't want to say that the writers gave up, but I just think that they knew what they had and they didn't have to put the work into it any longer mm -hmm. um i'm curious for you if i know that for me there's sort of a a line of demarcation i don't know if it jumps the shark but it just starts to fade away and i'm wondering if there is a moment or a storyline or, or even a season um where that stands out to you uh um well the series was i think the series high point was kimberly blowing up the complex agreed right. uh the, it the show it was like it Everyone was talking about it. You know, I, uh, yeah, and the, so that was during that period when I wasn't watching it in real time, but I sure knew everything that was happening on the show yeah. because it yeah. was everywhere. Yeah, it was it was huge, and I even remember at the time they uh, they were supposed to um, show the explosion at the end of the yeah. episode, but yeah. they cut. I think and because of the Oklahoma City bombing. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And so we didn't get to see any of that until like the following fall when they had the season premiere. The, the next season premiere. Yeah. Was when they show so, it. And I think that was actually a better choice. Yeah. Yeah. When the season oh, yeah, three it, ends, it ends on Kimberly's face before oh, we yeah. see anything detonate. I mean, that's gold. Yeah. That was, that was great. Um, and just, you know, the, the tension was building the entire time. It was just such a really well done episode. Um, so yeah, I was, but the show, yeah. the while well, the show had certainly had its high moments after that, and there, you know, plenty of plenty of good things going on. I mean, I think uh, some of the some of the storylines with Peter were good. Um, yeah, there there were a few other juicy bits with Amanda. Up, oh, we lost him for a second. Oh, oh, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Keep talking. Are you back, Doug? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear okay. me? Um, so there were some other juicy bits with Amanda, but the show itself was never quite the same. It never reached those heights again. So, yeah, I, I think if you had to name a jump to shark moment, even though there were good points after that, it was probably Kimberly blowing up the complex. I'm curious, do you have a theory as to why it just kind of fell apart? Because it was clear it fell apart in the writer's room. Yeah, I think it was, uh, there was some sort of fatigue. There was competition, certainly. I mean, uh, every every network had multiple, at this point, Melrosian type shows on. 
you had, in, in fact, Jamie Lunar came from Savannah right. on the WB. Right. Um, you know, as soon as that was canceled, bing, she went right over that. Uh, Megan Rutherford uh, was on the Vampire series on Fox. Bing, she comes right over to Melrose Place. There were just a lot of other um, soap opera e type shows uh, on, you know, going, go, you know, and where we have to acknowledge the masters, you know, Dallas and Dynasty back in the 80s. But yes, the, I think the whole yeah. soap opera um, format was dying out. Mm. People were losing interest in it. So, yeah, I, I think it's as simple as that. I think it was just um, people were. People were moving on to other things. So what was it that kind that what was it that struck a chord, do you think? Uh, in pop culture? Yeah, for like because yeah. it was such a huge like was. what was it? Um I think it was just the I mean we 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 should not underestimate the appeal of Heather Locklear to the Americans. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, I mean, yes, she saved the show when they brought her in. The show, the season one was, uh, you know, dull, to put it mildly. Yeah. And they bring in Heather Locklear and, you know, the, she saved the show. And there was just something about her, the fact that, you know, besides being like, breathtakingly gorgeous her character just being so bossy and tough uh and you know she became like this kind of take no prisoners attitude yeah it, it, on one level is summed up a lot of the 90s mm. uh that you know because people like that were around but it was also like the, the you know the person you could love to hate uh you know she was never as evil as say jr ewing but she became kind of that character. Uh, and you also then had, you know, you had Michael doing his conniving, Sydney blackmailing everyone in the <laughs> cast at one point or another. And always getting uh, screwed over in the end. Uh, <laughs> and so it was just the, the sheer ridiculousness of it that, and the fact that all these people were just gorgeous. Right. Uh it, it 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 helped. It, it it I think it just really did uh, appeal to a big cross section of uh, America, and not even America. Obviously, like I said, I have fans in like Italy, Japan, Australia, wherever. Yeah, you know, it was a big hit. You know, it's really wild to sort of like you know think because even though like you were writing about like the internet existed mm -hmm. it wasn't the internet that we know now oh, so like no. the footprint of melrose place on the world wide web is actually not very large right no right you, you know which which is always kind of extraordinary to me yeah it's, well, it, it's yeah it's the thing well there's so much though i mean you know you you look at the sheer amount of content that's yeah. available via like streaming uh all the shows yeah there's so much uh, and also the thing is on in terms of the web yeah who puts stuff on a static website anymore it's all podcasting and you know youtube streams right um you know that's just the way the the market has changed right right uh yeah you you're doing a podcast now i'm doing a podcast now so uh it's just just where the where the market is where the people's sensibilities are 
the, the idea of going to a website and spending 20 minutes reading a recap is just not where people are right now. You know, it's, no, it, there's, it, there's it, been an evolution. A, we live in an age of consumable information, yeah. easily consumable information. Right. And blogs really don't do that anymore. They, they, don't, they don't fulfill that need. Right. But um, but yeah, it's like you know you you look at you know Melrose Place back in the late '90s. Yeah, what Terry Hatcher, the most downloaded woman on the internet yep. back then. Uh, it was it was a very different place the internet. And yeah, shows there were lots of shows that had their own websites, um, but they were all fan created. Mm. I mean, it took it took ages for corporations to kind of get in on the act and co-op some of these sites and turn them into their own official sites. Yeah, the, every, the, the industry was very slow to, to go, uh, to move mm -hmm. online. Yeah. They were very slow to move online. So let me ask you, uh, you two, what is the funniest moment you've encountered on a show so far? Um, from, the, from our six seasons of watching? That they meant to be funny, or it was or <laughs> accidentally funny. Uh, either one. You you may you may you may have two answers for this. That's fine. Oh man. Oh god, this is hard, Doug. You're better at this than me. I feel like I probably have a couple of answers, but you know, this is Doug. really minute. But. On the episode "Just Say No," when uh, Allison goes to rehab, which is, I think, the same episode where Sydney is in Vegas and where Kimberly delivers Joe's baby. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not hearing Doug. Oh, Doug, can, Ken can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Are you, um, can, you, can you? I'm going to keep talking, Ken. Let me know when you can hear me. Is he there yet for you, Ken? No, I can't hear Doug at all. I see his I see his little voice track going, but that's so weird. That's why I thought I don't, he had dropped out before. No, not this time. I don't know what else to do. Should oh, I drop out and come says, back in? Actually, it says here that you're offline. But you can still hear me? But I can hear you. Huh. This is but weird. Ken can't. Ken can't. Yeah, maybe drop off and come back in. Okay, you guys can keep going, right? Okay, yeah. So, so I'm going to, okay, I'm going to come back in and if you want, you can just tell your story. Okay. okay. I really can't because I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're just making is a he going, Is he dropping off? I can't tell yet. Um, yeah, he's going. He says he's going now. Oh, there he goes. Okay. So he's going to drop off and come back in. This is so weird. I don't know why his, um, I think his internet's having issues. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, God, funniest moment. I mean, it would, for me, it would have to be with Sid. Like she was Don't just my favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, like pick one, you know, honestly, I think the cult thing was probably for me the high point. Like I just loved that whole storyline and I loved her going to join the cult and it was, it was just such a perfect Sydney moment. And then I also loved Jane going to save her. Oh yeah, that's you true. know, like I yeah. kind of, I kind of dug that whole like, you know, sister, I hate you, I love you, bond yeah. thing that was going on between them. Um, 
you know, but I mean, in terms of like, like not like, like, like not meaning to be funny. I don't, I mean, Kimberly, I guess, I think Kimberly as the, psychiatrist the, the, the you know the inmate running the oh, asylum yeah. like, literally <laughs> like that was you know, and i don't think that they meant it to be funny yeah. Yeah. I, I think some some of the funny funnier parts for me were well after sydney you know r.a.p was <laughs> run over by sam and her dad yes <laughs> Uh, and then every for the next few episodes, every time we cut the Craig, he's like, ah, Cindy, God, ah, Cindy. So that was pretty good. And uh, but I would also say one thing I remember laughing about quite a bit was um, the revelation that Matt died off camera, which is the most Matt thing to ever happen to him. Wait, Matt dies? Oh, so Karen, oh, can you hear? No. Karen, that's something you're about to see. <laughs> Matt dies? Oh, I'm sorry, Karen. How much can this show shit on that poor guy? Plus, I mean, and the fact he dies off camera, which, as I say, is the most mad thing to, that could possibly happen. Well, what is also really wild is like, and Doug and I always talk about this, is the show, like, when you're off the show, you are off the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. they like like I think what for Sid she got a couple episodes she got little nuggets in a couple episodes but it was like okay who remembers Rhonda? <laughs> no, she moved. She moved. Yeah, and nobody nobody spoke of her again. Mm-hmm. Right, Jane leaves. Nobody spoke of her again. Like every time the characters would leave, yeah. it was like they never existed. Joe. And so for them, Joe, Joe mm-hmm. one day Joe was there, the next she was gone. Right. Uh, you know, and and so, like literally, so like for them to like, <laughs> nobody's talked about Matt since he's left the show, and now they're killing him off off screen, off yeah. like off stage. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! As what I the said, hell? I I did like I like I laughed at that because you could not have a better Matt moment. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't know what to do with they, him. They never knew what to do to him. No. Never. <laughs> he was like, and it would be like, was Matt in the episode? I yeah. think maybe. <laughs> well, that was in, in, as part of the recaps. You see, I had the Matt slot. Yes, which, the Matt which, slot. Which I awarded to every character that got the least amount of time in the episode. <laughs> and most of the time it was Matt. Yes, it was. But, <laughs> but by what, season seven? Where, yeah. where are we now? Season six or season seven? Seven, right? Yeah. Okay. Now um, seven. Now we're seven. He's he's uh he's he's just not there, and because yeah. at this point he's dead, I guess. Mm. Oh yeah. no! I'm so sorry, Karen. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Sorry, <sighs> I forgot that happened so late. For some reason, I thought it happened earlier in season seven. Okay. Oh, I'm so. Uh, no, he leaves now. the show, and then he's gone right. for about a year, and then they introduce yeah. that as like a, a, a the because it begins a new set of storylines for the final <laughs> season. But why would they kill him off? It, it they could have done anything, quite frankly. But yeah. I, I wonder if it was in some way an fu to Doug Savant. Maybe something happened behind the scenes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's off the show. You don't need to kill him. Well, yeah, but, no. uh, but you know, as he says, there was, like, it did kick off a whole other series of plot lines, which is probably the, the most use they ever made out of Matt. 
Yeah, especially in a way that would affect anyone else on the canvas. Yeah. Wait, don't tell me he was murdered and all of a sudden we have Inspector Clouseau. We have like, you know, fucking Encyclopedia no. Brown yeah, going on. More thought into yeah, it than what exactly. happens in actual I always do episode. that. Yeah, I give them, yeah, yeah, I give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like, it's nothing nothing that juicy. Oh, damn. Yeah. Cuz that would have been fun. I, I'm just surprised they didn't bring him back for the for the uh for the sequel series 10 years ago. Well, I guess because he died. I'm sure they asked. Right. Well, well, no, because no, here's no. the thing. They bring dead Sydney back. Yes. Only to I, kill her off again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I yes, didn't see that. Yes. They brought dead Sid back? Yeah, they, Sydney's in the initial episode, but almost entirely through flashback. We see It's Sydney actually closer to what you were surmising about the Matt thing here. Yeah. In their reboot, we basically, it's like Sunset Boulevard. We open on dead Sid in the pool. And the whole season is of the new tenants who is responsible for her murder. But first they have to explain how is it that she's not dead in the first place. Yes. Right. <laughs> so it's really great to see that continuity continues to <laughs> yeah. be an well, they, issue. They do, even reboot. they do address it somehow. Sydney... They do. Michael somehow faked it for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. She couldn't stand Craig and she didn't want to marry him after all. <laughs> I I actually don't remember more beyond that. Yeah. Wow, that's bananas. Yeah. Can you believe like the the same guy that created this show went off <laughs> to create Sex in the City? Uh, like, well, what? he had a blueprint for that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but it was just a like a way better show. I mean, for the time, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. He had his clunkers though. There was also um, he did Central Park West. Yeah. Which was, you know, we were talking before about like soap opera, sh- primetime soap opera shows being all over the place. So CBS, you know, which already had Dallas, they tried to get in on the Melrose Place type thing. And they did Central Park West, created by Darren Starr, starring Raquel Welch. Because that was, again, the formula for a lot of these shows. Right. Let's get some actor 30 years past their prime and stick them in like the Heather Locklear role. Uh, and, you know fill it up with beautiful people and it didn't always work i mean <laughs> model zinc didn't even work yeah model zinc wow is, that's right yeah is that where the one that daphne zuningo went off to was it model she zinc? didn't know but she was part of the spin-off storyline because it was she was the photographer and one of the models mm-hmm. ended up being like the grant show and that was how it spun off right, right, right. and it was also linda gray Oh right, Linda Gray. It was so. It was, it was um, Amanda's mom was also like the the matriarch mm. for the characters. Oh, that's right. Wow. How oh, I forgot that was Amanda's mom. I and totally even that, that, believe it or not, was not enough to give that show more than a year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So Ken, I'm wondering, did you hear about the um, Melrose Place reunion that happened over the pandemic with um, I, Seth Rudowski? After the fact, I was so upset. Oh. <laughs> It was cool. We watched it. It was. It actually was cool. Yeah, it was actually very cool. It, uh, it was nice to see, like, all the actors seemed like they really liked each other. Well, you know, it's you. I see that happen a lot with TV shows when you know yeah, there's a lot of tension on set, and then yeah, like a few years go by, a 10, 15 years go by, and you reassess your life. You know, like, eh, why did I get so mad about that? And you know, they end up being friends. Yeah. Yeah, Now, I have a theory, but I'm wondering if if you do, about the big season five exodus. We we lose 
um, Marsha Cross, Josie uh-huh. Bissett, Grant Show, Courtney Thornsmith, Laura Layton, and then technically it's the beginning of season six, but but Doug Savant, who is right. with Laura Layton at that point. Right. Do you have any knowledge about what may have happened around that? No, no, I don't. I mean, the only I did have the I, I did have one um, secondhand contact at Spelling. Um, and the only information I had from that time was came after the Time Magazine article came out, where apparently the uh, special counsel for spelling went on to Warpath after the Time Magazine article came out and wanted to know. Oh, no, it was the head of marketing. Head of marketing went on to Warpath, that's spelling entertainment, and wanted to know who, who the hell you know started this um, fight that ended up in Time Magazine. Uh, but, and so I enjoyed that part, but in terms of the reason for the exodus, no, I don't have any insights. I, I, I imagine it's, uh, probably a combination of a few things. Uh, you know, I, I don't know whose contracts were expiring at that time. I don't recall. Uh, and again, season five, I, I think if you were an experienced actor, you could probably see the writing on the wall that, you know, I've been in the show for five years. It's at a high point right now. Maybe it's not going to get any better. Yeah. So maybe I take this and jump into a starring vehicle somewhere else. Right. Um, you know, it happens. It happens today still. You know, where people leave shows and think, "Oh, I'm bigger. I'm bigger than the show." Or, you know, I'm in a cast of like ten people. I like to be on a show of like two or three main characters where I can stand out more. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean my, my theory is similar to that. And I think it was, for most of them, I think contracts are five years and they probably were waiting yeah. for theirs to come to an end. And I think while they were happy that the show had a second life when season one was tanking, um, I think a lot of them wanted to be taken more seriously. Yeah. And didn't necessarily like being pigeonholed or typecast as oh, sure. eye candy soap stars. And I think they kind of couldn't wait to get out of there. Well, and you look, you, you see that, you know, certainly I, I don't know how many other jobs Doug Savant got after Melrose Place because he was now pigeonholed as the gay guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, March across the crazy person. I mean, you know, she didn't really get an Olympic starring role until Desperate Housewives. Yeah, but at least uh, it was that. Yeah, when she was great in that. Yeah. Uh, oh, was she? Oh man. Uh, so yeah, um, I think that was a, a good a, a good part of it. I think people worried about being typecast, and in many cases, it was probably too late. Now, Andrew Shu, he had no future whatsoever in acting, so he stuck with the show. Sure. <laughs> Did you ever see the Rainmaker, the the Grisham movie where he's uh, Claire Danes' abusive husband? Uh, no, I never saw that one. No one did. No one else did either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, you know, I always wondered why did Thomas Calabro stick around? Huh. I think, well, he's done directing too. So I, I, I don't know if he saw this as an opportunity to learn more about the craft of directing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because he really is, I mean, he's so, like, he's just too good for the show, it, you know, particularly as it's sort of, like, going down its sad path at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm always like, oh, yeah. you know, he deserves better. And certainly, Heather Locklear, you know, she stuck around because they paid her a they ton should, of money. Yeah. Yeah. When, um, yeah, whenever she said goodbye, that was always when the show was, was going to end and she knew it. Yeah. 
Um, I'd like to point out, because I'm very um, partial to Courtney Thornsmith, mm-hmm. um, that that she's actually had one of the best post-Melrose Place careers. Between Ally McBeal and 75,000 Years on According to Jim, um, and constant uh, TV guest work after that. I know, but oh, I felt so bad for her being in... <laughs> it's like, oh, Courtney Corn Thornsmith going from like, you know, Billy to, uh, you know, Jim Belushi. Ugh. But hey, it was <laughs> a great show work. to Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. But, you know, it's funny, though, in, in this age of Me Too, I, I can't help but wonder um, when you talk about all these people leaving the show, was there something going on behind the scenes that we never knew about? The only reason I think probably not is because I think those things tend to have a way of coming to the surface yeah. and I've never heard any inkling of them. Right. One one never knows though. Yeah, but yeah, we've heard all like I mentioned Josh Whedon before. Yeah. I mean yeah. obviously, you know, it's been like almost twenty years since Buffy went off the air, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, now we know all the stuff that was going on behind yeah. the scenes there. So uh, I tend to agree with you. I think if something had been going on um with Melrose Place, we would have heard about it. Yeah, I'm also curious. We've you know talked largely about the, our main cast. Were there any kind of like later additions to the cast or mm. long-term guest stars that you were a particular particular fan of? Uh, I um... well, I guess I love Jamie Lunar. I mean, uh, yeah, I've always had a thing. You know, I, I have a weakness for redheads. Uh, so I was like, oh, Jamie Lunar. I even watched Profiler for God's sakes afterwards. Uh, <laughs> It's like, gosh, Jamie Lunas on Profiler now. I guess did I'll she replace it. Ellie Walker on Profiler, yes. or did she? Okay, yeah, she replaced her, um, or the actress left for whatever reason, um, right? And you know, they then hired Jamie Lunar, uh, fresh off Melrose. Uh, so I did like her. There was, um, let's see, uh, I I did get a kick out of Jasmine Guy. Sure. Uh, oh, uh, I forgot who, she was. On yeah, that. who was just such a Batman villain? Yes. Uh, oh, she was so good. So such such a vile person. Um, and uh, in terms of, I mean, yeah, certainly uh, some of the guest stars like you know Tracy Lords, uh, with Michael Nuri from Flashdance as yeah. the cult leader, uh, and. Is it Michael Nori? I thought, wasn't it Remy Zeta? Oh, you're right. It was Remy Zeta. Yeah, you're right. But now I want to remember, was Michael Nori also a guest at some point? He must have been. I, I almost feel like he had to be. Um, that's right. Well, he's now on Yellowstone. He's got a guest. Is thing. he? Yeah. Yeah. It's such know. a kick to see him on there. Because I'm always, I, like every time I have to blink like three times. It's he funny. looks fantastic. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Just like uh, about a, a month ago, I was watching on YouTube. They uh, Somebody did a complete compilation of The Curse of Dracula. Starring Ooh. Michael Nuri from when NBC had this cliffhanger TV series that lasted all of one season back in the, I don't know, like the early 80s or mid 80s. Uh, so one of those one of those three serials was a Dracula serial uh, starring Michael Nuri as a modern day Dracula. I think I kind of remember that. What was the name of it? Yeah, yeah. It was well, if you can find, you'll find it on YouTube. It's just called The Curse of Dracula. But the original TV series was called Cliffhanger. It was. It was. Oh, it, it was, was. It was yeah. called Cliffhanger. Okay. And it was. It was. It was. It starred uh, Susan Anton was in one. Oh. 
uh, and that they had the Dracula was the other one. And the third one was a remake of the 1930s serial, The Phantom Empire. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was a brainchild of uh, good old uh, Fred Silverman uh, uh, in the heyday of NBC back in the 80s. Uh, who else did I like as a guest star? They had so many. I mean, uh, there were there were a lot. Of, oh, there were a lot of bad ones. I'll say. Like I, 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 I and part of it was their characters. Like uh, was it John Enos? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just never liked that character. He was Bobby Parisi. Yeah. Bobby, yeah. Oh God, that was yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah I, oh, terrible, terrible. Um. But uh, talk I, about revising history on that one yeah. too, Amanda's storyline. Yeah. They well, just like oh, well, yeah. that's about to happen again. <laughs> oh, good. I love it when they do that to her. Uh, oh, and um, what was the oh Re- well, Rena Sofer, who will you know pops. You're going to see her too soon. Uh, a terrific, terrific uh, soap opera actress. Uh, not really used as well as she could have been, but uh, you know, I I always liked her. And she redeems herself in the final episode, uh, about which I will say no more. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, another high point of the series for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, trying to think who else was a really good guest star. Well, we love Valerie Harper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Alyssa Milano. Uh, it was like, okay, it was, it was kind of a. The, the storylines were dumb at this point, but uh, you know she was a good presence on the show. I thought. And yeah, it was, I think she, it was, did, yeah. she made a lot out a of lot. nothing. Like she, yeah. she really made a lot out of a nothing kind of. And it was know, interesting. Role. Yeah, it was interesting to see like a different side of Michael. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, more of the Mancini family. Okay, where did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah, and she also played. She also a little bit filled the void that Sid left, where mm-hmm. she would do the scheming things, and she would do the sort of, yeah. you know, she her hands stepped... was in all the pots. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and she was a good foil for Michael, which Sid always was too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've actually been really enjoying Alyssa Milano, and I know her time is short, right? Like we don't have her much longer. That's correct. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and yeah, and but it's topped in season seven. So much of uh, Billy and Sam. Yeah, season six, season seven, Billy and Sam. Ugh. Ugh. Well, the, yeah, I think their days are numbered for us too, though. Mm-hmm. I hope but yeah, so. I think I think Sam is my least favorite. Yeah, I am there with you. I can't. Uh, yeah, you know, like the kids say, I can't with, I can't with her. I mean, and really, it's not just because she killed Sid. It's it's, you know, it's really Brooke Langton's fault. It's not the writers there. Yeah. Um. It's just hard to find any redemption there for me. Yeah. No, there was just not. I mean, the character was just whined and was helpless and just and yeah, not acted well. Um. I have to say. Uh. Just that. Yeah. It, did not make for appealing stories, which is again, you know, what what made you know parts of season six and seven hard to get through at times. Yeah, yeah. I will say, you know, Karen really hates season four, especially around the time of um uh, of Kimberly and Betsy. Mm-hmm. See, I like season four though, but I think that you do get a rejuvenation in season five. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I think I think when they bring in the the tone changes, it really becomes kind of more of a a, a, a serious soap as opposed to the campy show. Mm-hmm. It was, but but bringing in Kyle and Taylor, yeah. um, I think that in, injected it with uh, sort of a new feel that kept it going. And I really like Heather Locklear's work, particularly in those later seasons, as as the marriage with Peter disintegrates. Yeah. And she starts being drawn to Kyle. I think she does, and like leading up essentially to her nervous breakdown. Yeah. Um, I think she does great work. I agree. I, I think she's, you know, I mean, I was saying before, I, I, I don't think people properly appreciate the appeal of Heather Locklear, but I think also people don't necessarily appreciate the fact that she really could be a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she, um, she, she, Pulled off a lot of great scenes, uh, a lot of good character development, um, back and forth, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but always fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the show really did catch a moment. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying, Karen? Yeah, Karen, I was going to say, you know, I mean, so obviously your recap days were over Mm -hmm. with with, with Melrose Place when it ended, so... What have you been up to for the past ah, few years? Uh, well, let's see. I um, well, I became a dad, uh, <laughs> so I do have a fourteen-year-old now uh, who loves anime, and um, I I got I got my kid into Power Rangers uh, at an early age. <laughs> I said, nope, stop watching. Nope, nope, not Dora. No Dora. Power Rangers. <laughs> it's Muppet time. Uh, so, uh, but I have always been a big Doctor Who fan. So, uh, now that we are in these days where podcasts are the way to go, uh, my friend Mike and I, who I've known for a long time, uh, suggested we do a podcast together and I'm like, yeah, well, if you can handle the sound editing parts, you know, I'm, I'm game because I know nothing at all about sound editing. And he's a musician, and he's yeah. very comfortable with that. So right. we started doing a uh, Doctor Who podcast. We are coming to the end of our second year of doing the podcast, and we're I'm I'm having a blast. You know, we're both having a really good time. Uh, I I think when I listen to some of the early episodes, as I'm sure you've experienced as well, you hear things that you wish you had not done or things you know you could have done better now, but it's a learning process doing it. No, I think Karen and I were always perfect right from the (laughs) jump. Yeah, this podcast is like gold. Uh, And also I, I, in my freelance work, I write adventures for Dungeons and Dragons. Fantastic. I I am a longtime D&D player. Oh, cool. so I've been playing that since like, you know, the late 80s. And of course I'm old. And I have uh yeah, so I've written a bunch of D D stuff, uh, both official and third party. And I uh don't want to say too much more, but there is a possible uh launch of something else uh starting with the uh letters K-I-C-K. Uh, that may be uh, launching soon, uh, involving another uh, D&D adventure that I am working on. Ooh, that 
that's so interesting. So, um, oh, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, keep us posted. Yes, yeah. and I am, but you know, like most people, I have a uh, relatively nondescript nine to five job, <laughs> and uh, doing things like the podcast or writing D and D adventures or just watching a good TV show uh, help me stay happy. Yeah. So what? Um, oh, well, first of all, your, your Doctor Who podcast, are you recapping from the very beginning? No, God, no. God, no. Okay. Oh. Are, so what are you, are you looking at Doctor Who now? Or are you just, is it more general than that? Yeah. It's, there are so many Doctor Who podcasts that you really have to pick a particular topic or like niche. Okay. So we covered uh, in our first season, we covered uh, the episodes of the sixth doctor, Colin Baker mm -hmm. from the uh, 1980s. Uh, had, he had a fairly short run, a fairly controversial run, uh, largely because of a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on at the BBC at the time. So, um, but I love his doctor. He, he's very flamboyant, very bold and brash. And I feel that in certain ways, some of the personality of his doctor has carried on into the modern show in a good way. So we went through all of Colin Baker's run. And now for our second, we're in our second season and we are focusing uh, on the adventures of Leela, who was the companion for Tom Baker's doctor in the uh, in the mid 1970s, and she was played by Louise Jameson, who was a savage from this uh, race. And the Fourth Doctor kind of does this Pygmalion thing where he tries to rehabilitate her. And Leela is a very interesting character. Uh, we who lasted in the show for about a year and a half, so we figure that's a nice bite-sized nugget for us to cover in our second season, because you know. We could do all of Tom Baker, but Tom Baker was played the doctor for seven years. Yeah, he was a long time. Yeah, so that's a huge chunk. It's one thing to do the sixth doctor. You know, it was like around for like, you know, basically a year and three quarters. Uh, seven seasons, ugh, that's a bit much. Yeah. So, um, so we figure, you know, and it, we figure by doing these bite-sized chunks of the show, uh, it helps us stay interested in the subject matter. You know, we can focus on that and then we conclude a season. And then when we're done talking about Leela, we'll pick another topic. Cool. Yeah. And we're, we're both having a lot of fun with it. Very cool. So what are you watching now? Like what's sort of like your top three on TV mm -hmm. at the moment? Because we're supposed to be in peak TV. So yes. I'm kind of curious, it, like it, what are you loving? Uh, I am, well, let's see, uh, we are seven episodes through Squid Game. Mm. Uh, almost, is, almost to the end. Yeah. Uh, we recently started binging, uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, Very cool. Which is hysterical. And as I said, as I am a native of Staten Island, uh, I was going to say the show resonates greatly with me. Uh, I'm like, Oh, I know that street. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, what else? Have, uh, there are so many like just mini series out that you just you know you watch and you dispose of. I uh, currently watching. Oh, we're watching uh, La Brea on NBC. How is that? It's all right. It's it's <laughs> all right. It's you know we, we it's dumb. 
they, you know, they, they play fast and loose with logic on that one. Uh, you know. <laughs> kind of like Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah, well, that's never happened before. Yeah, I mean, well, I watched the I, I watched The Walking Dead for the first like two and a half seasons, and I just gave up because it was just too much, too much, wow, too many, too many episodes of smart characters doing stupid things mm. because the because the script called for them to do stupid things. Exactly. And I'm like, I I can't watch the show anymore. Uh, but I did watch. Um, I enjoyed Midnight Mass. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was really good. I know that some people. He's kind of that. That I forgot his name. The guy, the creator um, of oh, that. Oh yeah, he did the Legend of Hell House too. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. He did Hell House, and he did. So he's kind of like you either love him or hate him, mm-hmm. and I love his stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, Midnight Mass. I really enjoyed that. That was spectacular. Uh, and uh, no spoilers, but it was really good, folks. You should yeah. watch. Um, <laughs> And what else am I watching? Um, I'm watching, you know, it's funny. I, I watch a lot of stuff on uh, Tubi, T-U-B-I. The other, I watch a lot of the old TV shows on Tubi. Really? Yeah. There's, in terms of a lot of the newer content, um, well, I watch all, I'm a big Marvel fan. So I've watched all the Marvel movies and I'm watching all like the Marvel TV shows on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and... In terms of other TV shows, oh yeah, we uh, watch Survivor. Always been a big fan of Survivor, which is kind of funny because it's like the reality shows helped bring about the death knell of the primetime soap. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's like as because yeah, as you know, networks realized that oh gee, we can do these reality shows for a fraction of the cost of these you know primetime soap operas on sets with all these. Uh, actors and will make a lot more money and the ratings are just as good yeah people will still watch and obsess about them in equal right. manner exactly yeah. yeah yeah um i did watch game of thrones um disappointed in the ending <laughs> as um, were we all yeah not, not you know like i the the bits with daenerys did not bother me as much because i actually could see that coming but everything else about that final season was so, so rushed. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, really? After all this time, you can't squeeze out like another two episodes? Exactly. To kind of fill out like what happened? I mean, for the for the whole whole thing, you know, uh, with the, you know, the end of the, you know, um, the, uh, the, the Night King. Was that his name? The Night King? Uh, the undead guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was just, it was over. <laughs> Building that up from, from episode one. And oh, it's, yeah, it's just over now. So uh, that was just disappointing. Um, oh, I did actually, the closest I've come to doing something uh, like the Melrose Place recaps was uh, when 24 was on the air. Uh-huh. Oh yeah! And I I did I did um I didn't post much online. I have some. I'll have to see if I can find that. Uh, but I did something again for people who I work with, where I just did these bullet points. Nothing as nothing as long as uh, the um as the Melrose Place recaps. Just a whole bunch of like maybe like fifteen bullet points about something insane about that episode of Twenty Four. <laughs> Because that was another one I loved. Oh my god, twenty four was insane. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, just the sheer denial of physics and time. 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I often joke this like, you know, really, there should be a 24 Doctor Who crossover because the Time Lords are going to get on Jack Bauer right now. It's like, I remember when the one season of 24 when they were in New York and somehow Jack Bauer got from the upper west side to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel in half an hour. And I'm like, that's impossible. You can't do that. <laughs> It wasn't any easier to get from point A to point B when he was in L.A. either. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. That was a good show, 24. <laughs> so, is there, okay, so is there anything you regret from the recap, from, like, your time recapping Melrose Place? Uh, I regret, you know, certainly in retrospect, I regret, I regret uh, kind of giving up on season seven when I did. I mean, I should have mm. stuck to my guns and continued doing it, you know, because I kind of knew that that was going to be the final season. I mean, it, well, I didn't 100% know, but it certainly seemed that the writing was on the wall in right. the early parts yeah. of season seven, that that was going to be it. So if anything, yeah, I regret, you know, not sticking it out so that there would have been a full season seven on, on the, on the website. Right. But um, no, aside from that, uh, I don't regret anything about it. It was, it was a lot of fun to do by and large. It, you know, got me a freaking Time magazine. <laughs> Which I think it's like wild. I had no idea. This is yeah. so cool. This I, like, I will so after cool. we're done. After we're done, I will send you. Uh, I will send you some uh, screen grabs. Yeah, I mean, this is just like such a wild, like you know, backstory that I had absolutely no idea about. Nor yeah. I. So yeah, it was. Uh, you know, not every day you get threatened by an entertainment company. So no, um, it was no. fun. No, and I'm I, guessing no. after all that, they dropped it, right? Like they just. Oh yeah, I never heard a word. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, like I, like I said, once the head of marketing got involved and said, you know, what's going on, that was the end of it. They were just flexing. Yeah. Just flexing. Yeah. Wow, this has been awesome, Ken. It truly has. Thank you so much for uh, volunteering some of your time so that oh, we could all relive the '90s together. My yeah, pleasure. You're like my a pleasure. superstar. <laughs> And hey, if you ever want to have me back to talk about pop culture, I mean, you know, your Hollywood Boulevard segments, I'm more than happy to jump on it back. Oh. Well, since you've been out there, I can guarantee an invite will be forthcoming. <laughs> if there's ever anything happening that you're like, I, I've got to talk to you about this, can I be a guest? Don't be shy either. Oh, okay. Yeah, come, come on board. Come on board our crazy train. Because, <laughs> um, like, yeah, we love to have... Um, fellow pop culture nerds uh, join us for things so yeah please do okay yeah delighted cool. well thank you for having me thank you and before we go i don't know are you on any of the socials do you oh, i think karen yes. you on twitter right yes uh yes. ken hart writer w-r-i-t-e-r all one word ken hart writer at uh on twitter and i am also ken hart writer on instagram and if anyone needs to reach me, uh, I am KenHartWriter at gmail.com as well. And Hart is H-A-R-T. Correct. Yes. Cool. You would be, well, Ken, you would be you surprised so how many people, you'll be surprised how many people ask, is that H-E-A-R-T? I'm like, no, who has the last name of the organ? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no one. Well, they could be thinking about heart to heart because well, weren't those the hearts? Karen the heart? did not. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, like, hey, well, Mr. I, <laughs> Wait, I got to do my Lionel Stander impersonation. Hey, Mr. H. Hey, Mrs. H. How you doing? 
<laughs> Ken, thank you so much. This has been such a delight. It's Truly. really fun. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. So, Doug, you want to see us out? Sure. Thank you, Ken. And thank you, listeners. I hope you guys found it to be as much of a treat as we did. We are wishing you all, including you, Ken, a very happy holiday season. And we will be back next week so we can pick up more and find out what's going on with Amanda and Taylor. Catch us back here on the block. Bye. Bye.